Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program. Featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855am. And welcome to Ruminations. Um, you're with Spike and Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Hey, hey, Spike. Hey, everyone. Um, oh, I thought you. I thought you. I. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say, "How you going?" So I was gonna answer, but no. Okay. How you going, guys? Welcome to Ruminations. Another episode of Ruminations. Um, which is another spring. It's, today's the fourteenth. I'm not sure. Fourteenth. The four. I think it's the fourteenth of March. Th- Thursday, the fourteenth of March. Another spring day, and I've got a bit of a cold. Autumn, autumn. Oh, is it autumn? I thought yeah. it was spring. I've got, got, got spring. Turvy. Yeah, I've got spring. I got. I feel like I've got spring weather. Mm. I've got a bit of a cold. Mm. Okay, look, today we're going to um, be discussing uh, disability and housing um, and people that are experiencing homelessness because of disability or, or um, uh, serious illness. We'll also be looking at um, the destruction of, of Indigenous housing in Western Australia and how the local government there has used some pretty uh, underhanded tactics to destroy um, some properties that needed a bit of repair. But, uh, yeah, this is how... This is basically the, the miners telling you that they, they don't want you around, uh, telling you that the, that the house that your property... that the the property that your house is on is as basically has um minerals underneath it and they want to take it so yeah destruction of some housing a case in berlin where some uh local activists and um the local government have got together to take back some housing that's owned by um property property owners um they've been able to use uh hold a referendum in berlin to take back or expropriate um, uh, two thousand properties that have been that are owned uh, by private by a private organisation, and this is this is interesting because it's a case where the public good has overrided uh, 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 ownership rights, which is actually it's actually a little bit it's exciting that there's there are people that have identified. Well, and it's actually the second time it's happened in Germany, but and and just shows you how. Things can be different, uh, and the Germans are showing the way in that space. And if we got time, um, we'll also be looking at um, uh, a story, an article that's just floated across our desk in relation to uh, the sell-off of public assets in Preston, uh, in Preston and North, uh, sorry, Northcote, North Melbourne, and Preston. So the public housing uh, estates, uh, the towers that have been sold off there, and, and the plans. For and the, and the state government's plans 
to um, make transform them into private housing. All right, let's we'll go into a track and we'll come back and discuss um, disability and homelessness. We sail for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. Okay, we're back and you just heard um, If We Believe in Absurdities by Anti-Product from... Well, it's it's from a animal lib comp uh, that we that we purchased in London, which was fun. Okay, so let's get into it. Um, one one of the most infuriating aspects of um, the way we manage housing and the way the, the free market and neoliberalism manages manages um, properties and accommodation in, in in a capitalist society is that the most vulnerable people in our society seem to get it in the neck. Um, there was an article in The Age on the 7th of March that, that, that talked about how um, one guy who doesn't have a mental illness is living in a psych ward. This is a guy that has um, Huntington's disease, which is a, degen- a, a degenerative brain disease, I believe, um, that, you know, he, went, he finished year 12, I mean, I suppose it's not important that he can speak Japanese and he did really, really I, mean, I mean, it's just the article goes into all this sort of stuff. Yeah, they and set it up like that. Yeah, they, they, they try and get you in with all the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. The fact is, as this guy has a terminal, as a, a chronic terminal disease and um, he, he, he can't find uh, appropriate, affordable accommodation. And so he's ended up in a hospital in Footscray, I believe. Um and and he's, uh, no sorry in a, in the psychiatric ward in sunshine sunshine in sunshine, in sunshine hospital sleeping next next to the nurses um station because he's frightened of the other patients in the hospital now we we've got that that's where we've got to in Victoria um that that's that's a stage where we've got to where people. Has lives have amounted to to living in public hospitals in in inappropriate settings. Um, yeah, uh, you you would think, you would hope that we that there would be, um, there would be somewhere that not not somewhere. Okay, you would think that we there would be accommodation that we would make uh, that we as a community would provide appropriate accommodation for the people that need it. You know, we shouldn't just be looking for somewhere. There should be existing properties for people that need it. Um, this guy shouldn't be in a psych ward, um, um, fearing for his fearing for his safety. Whether he should be fearing for his safety is another thing. Whether he should, be, you know, like that's a subjective issue. But the fact that we c- there's not there are there isn't any affordable, appropriate accommodation available to this guy is is um, really disturbing. And you know, there's organisations like um, 
um, you know, their families and, and advocates. And there's a, a mob called the Victorian Advocacy League for Individuals with Disability. And, and they're saying that we're, one of their quotes was, we are drowning, we are completely overwhelmed. Uh, there's a lady named Sarah Forbes, who's the advocacy manager for this mob named Valid. She said, we had three people in the past week admitted to hospital after a breakdown or outburst of some sort. And wherever, wherever they were and wherever they were still living will not take them back. They have nowhere to go. So we have a situation where supported accommodation, one of the things that's happening is that when that the, the people that can't find accommodation have been forced into rooming houses, crisis accommodation and boarding houses, whether they're unregistered or not, whether they're registered or not really doesn't matter. The fact is that we, we've been pushed... People are being pushed into situations where they're being exploited. They're paying up to $250 a week to share, you know, um, a a toilet, a shower and a kitchen. And I know this is, we've said this a lot of times here in this show, and I feel like I'm repeating myself, but it just, it, it, and it's a weekly, it's a weekly occurrence that you hear these horror stories of people that have terminal illnesses um, or disabilities or just um, members of the homeless community in general who are forced into these situations where they're just being fleeced by slumlords and they have nowhere else to go. So this guy who has a terminal disease, his father died of this disease, his uncle died of this disease, his brother died of this disease. This isn't, isn't something I'm making up. This is this guy's life. He's now in a situation where he 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 has stayed in crisis in in, in a boarding house but does not want to go back for obvious reasons, uh, and now finds himself um, in a psych ward where he feels where he doesn't feel safe. And yet our public housing estates are getting demolished and uh, rebuilt as private dwellings or for first-home buyers or the scores of empty public housing estates lying uh, dormant, empty across um, greater metropolitan Melbourne or across the state. We know that uh, the um, television show Sunrise of all um, outfits um, during the uh, 2016 uh, Bendigo Street action we were involved in, a uh, news story came out at the time where they did uh, like an audit of all the empty public housing across the yeah. country. And um, this was two years ago, mind you. It's probably increased uh, since then. But at the time it was 1,100 um yeah. Empty public housing properties uh, across uh, the state of Victoria. So there you go. <laughs> so another another guy, another guy from that mob, Valid, um, Kevin Stone, uh, the head of Valid, estimates there are at least three hundred people with an intellectual disability and complex needs who can't find suitable housing. So what what complex needs? Was sort of um, that's the sort of term that describes people who may have. Difficulty finding housing, um, an intellectual disability. They may have um, uh, uh, mental health issues. You know, they may, they have uh, a number of things going on for them. And so, you know, we have a situation, as Kelly points out, where we we stop building public housing, um, and we're watching as people are being forced into situations where they don't feel safe. Or in, in this case, in this case, this guy, another guy that was described in this article, a young guy um, with an intellectual disability, uh, 
was living in uh, an SRS, a supported residential, uh, supported residential accommodation for 18 years, but it was sexually assaulted in, at this property, at, at, this, at this accommodation, and, and his parents saw bruises on his arm, so they took him out of there. Um, so this, these are the sort of horror stories that, 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 that occur that, that, that we, that we as a community allow to happen because we, because, well, we, because politicians, <laughs> because politicians and decision makers don't see the benefit or are not supportive of, of, of public housing. They're walking away from that space and the, and then, and, and, the, the National Disability Insurance Scheme isn't filling the breach. You know, that, that's a market, that's a free market scheme. The National Disability Insurance Scheme is, is, a, is um, a program whereby people who have a disability go, go and see an occupational therapist or a, another sort of, uh, that, that type of specialist, right. and then they, they, they're assessed on what their needs are. You can't get okay? housing through no, it. No, housing isn't part of it. Well... You know, your therapy might be, and that still has to be okayed after uh, um, the report by the occupational therapist. And that's usually, a, um, and the government will send you to one that they've contracted out. Um, so where in the past the government, um, you know, look, and, and I suppose the bad old days of, you know, Urella and the handicapped societies, and, and, and it's like with all the mental health institutions that are now closed down. They were, they were quite draconian. People were abused. And we've just heard of one example where a guy was, this young guy was sexually assaulted in, in um, supported residential accommodation. So these bad things happen. But that doesn't mean they have to be that way. So, I mean, you can have supported accommodation that meets people's needs and allows people to live fulfilling, um, fulfilling lives. They don't have to be... Um, they don't have to be dungeons, you know. The people that work there have to be. They need to be. Uh, they should be there because they want to be there, and they, and they have a commitment to working with people and to making their lives better. I, I really believe. Or I think that um, yeah. Or else, you know, you can't. People with intellectual disabilities do need support, and if if. And and it's an indictment on on us as a society if we if that support can't be can't be provided without us being worried about people being sexually assaulted, abused, expo- economically exploited. So yeah, um, yeah, we we shouldn't be knocking down or renovating public housing because we need it. We need it to house people that that have chronic illnesses like Huntington's disease. Or, or severe disabilities. Um, I, I think it's a really difficult area, and I know from work that there's a that there's, and I've and in the last two years, I the amount of people that are sleeping rough that have brain injuries that are able to function they they fun- and and I can't look I don't know enough about um, brain injuries, but what I can say is that people it affects different people in different ways. And they are functioning on the street. They are functioning on the street, and these are pe- and some of these people have been stood over by other people who know where they live, and they've had to leave their public housing. This is a sort of this is a sort of dog eat dog sort of um, um, sort of situation we find ourselves in, where you know 
people can't, you know, people have trusted some, one of the, these guys have trusted someone, they've taken advantage of them, and they've had to, and they've had to go to the street um, because someone, they've been stood over. So, you know, it's like a third of the people that I'm, I know that are sleeping rough have some sort of brain injury, which is, un, I, it blew me away. As a, uh, a bit of a, a segue, did you hear about how uh, uh, another article uh, I shared with you this week um, that federal labour, if they get elected, they'll uh, put a levy on banks to um, fund uh, uh, economic packages for uh, women fleeing family violence? Okay. Um, Sixty yeah. million dollars uh, over four years. These support packages, um, and one of the quotes um, was, um, you know, that the packages are about helping people keep their life together in the most difficult of circumstances, keeping the kids in the school they know, keeping the family doctor, being able to stay in work and study, and. Uh, the glaring uh, omission for me housing. in all this, where's, where's, the, where's the bleeding housing? Yeah, yeah. It's all well and good and, look, <laughs> I'm not saying families um, don't need support they, yeah. and kids don't need to stay in school yeah. and it's important to stay connected to your doctor and your community and things like that. But, you know, that money can – what? so women and families are going to have to fritter away this money on really expensive private accommodation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. in hotels or um, in really expensive private rent because we know how none of that is affordable for people on low incomes. Where right now, right now what's happening is they've been asked to go to, to, go to places like Coburg Motoring when yeah. they're escaping domestic That's violence. Right. So what they need, you know, and I wonder who, who these, these – actually, they don't tell us what the levy is. How much is the levy? In total. Um, no, but what's the levy on the bank's? That's because that's a basically a tax, yeah. A levy's yes, a tax. Yes. So what, how much is the tax, and for how long? I mean, this this six hundred and forty million dollars yeah, over four but what, years. What's the percentage that the, these banks have been? What? How I much? Don't know, how big? See, that don't they don't make yeah, it very it's pretty clear. light. Yeah. Article. See, this is really vague. It's rubbery, and it's typical um, sort of ALP sophistry. You know, it's it's all smoke and mirrors. It's not about housing. Um, it's it's all it's all cosmetic um, sophistry to try and get you in to vote for him. But the general punter out there who he's not you know totally engrossed in this kind of space. I'm a general punter, but you you, you know quite <laughs> a lot. A you know quite a lot about homelessness. Oh, okay. So the for the general person out there, they might they might think, oh that that's really great. You know, something's being done in this area. Don't you like the name, the Fairness Fund? Yeah, the they're Fairness <laughs> Fund, they're calling it. Yeah, I just thought that was yeah. a really glaring, disgusting yeah. omission. I'm just like, okay, so where's where's the housing? But you it, know? It's, it's, it is typical Labor. It's typical ALP election time sweeteners. You know, mm. it, it, it's a lot of... Um, I always forget that, that they throw out this stuff in the lead up to an election. And, and, it's, and it's important that we remind people that, you know, it's an <laughs> election soon. So mm -hmm. get ready for the sweeteners, guys. Yeah. They're going to become, they're going to, there's going to be someone walking around with Bill Short and with um, a wheelbarrow and a shovel to shovel the shit that comes out of his mouth because there's going to be piles of it because it's, it's high on slogans and very short on details, all this stuff. Mm. It's very much on, you know, sound bites, you know, stuff like Fairness Fund. Um, they mentioned it twice. And, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, the women, okay, I, I don't want to be too disparaging, but the women, 
the women that I see when I'm at work that are struggling with the, struggling with these issues, they they their their central need is housing, because the person that's making their life hell is not leave is not leaving the property, and so they're being forced out, and they and they've and they've been asked to stay at at places that are full of bed bugs. So you know this to me, as far as I'm concerned, this is a bit of confectionery, and I think it's a good get, and I think it's important that we um, um, start thinking about these things because you know all these TV shows. I, I, I can imagine you know like a, you know the morning breakfast shows, ABC. You know, uh, I, I suppose Seven Theatre Report is a little bit more discerning, but don't be surprised that you'll hear a lot of. Uh, because uh, you know, a headline like six hundred and forty million dollars is a lot of money. Sounds like a lot of money, but who, who, how from how much are they taking from each bank? And what is and what is the size of this levy? And so, yeah, it's very low in detail. And it just also makes me think, um, uh, you know, Joseph 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 Toscano, three CR <coughs> uh, stalwart anarchist world this week. Um, you know, recently ran a campaign or an ongoing campaign, really. Um, and uh, came up with a really uh, neat um, little policy idea, and that's something as simple as um, using the uh, six what is it six billion dollars we raised um, last year in stamp, stamp duty yep. revenue, which is just yep. basically a tax that people pay when they purchase a home. Mm-hmm. Um, six billion dollars, you could f- fix the homelessness crisis in an instant, and. And clear the the public housing waiting list. You know, there's yeah. no need to levy the banks. I mean, it, and that's a paltry amount in in contrast, six hundred and forty million dollars compared to six billion dollars yeah. raised by stamp duty revenue. Yeah, and I suppose you know the magic word is um, the homelessness crisis. And when when I look at that article and the last and the last um, sort of um, area that they they want to make sure that people are, are supporting is to stay in work and study, and that's what it's all about. Is that if we if you solve the homelessness crisis, w- w- you know how do you punish people that aren't towing the line? You know I don't think the government's interested in solving the homelessness crisis. I think they're quite happy with the way things are. Mm. I really do. I think they use it as uh, as um, an example of what happens to people that don't work and don't pay their taxes um, and party too hard and have a good time and, and, and question the status quo. I really believe that that's, you know, this isn't an accident. The homelessness crisis is not an accident. Um, and the sell-off of public housing is, is also not an accident. You know, they walk through, the, you know, the people... That, uh, that are at Spring Street walk through the city and they see that there's people sleeping on the footpath and they're able to ignore it. And that's because they're, they're happy with the way things are. Mm. I really believe that. You know, I, I, I've worked in town for the last three years and if you, if you don't recognise that there's a problem, it's either you're choosing to ignore it or you're happy w- with the way things are. And I think it's for politicians... That, that lead um, capitalist sort of uh, political parties, I think it's the latter, unfortunately. Um, and it shouldn't surprise us because, as, as you've said, Joe's got that idea with the money for the stamp duty. Even people like Guy Johnson, you know, the Journey to Social Inclusion um, research, they've known that if you house people in public housing, you, you save money on emergency rooms, prisons, hospitals, all these other areas where people that are on the street 
who need support end up getting it because, you know, we don't want people to die, that costs us more money. They're aware that it saves money. They turn their back on it. So if it's not an economic imperative, then um, there's something else it's, it's going a, on. It's a social one. It, it's more of an ideological. Mm. It's sort of how do we keep people working for wages that haven't grown for 20 years? You know, there aren't enough jobs for the people that are unemployed right now. Imagine if everyone was housed and could work. There'd be riots. If everyone was in, was housed and eating. It's like crick. It, it, it maintains a kind of level of chaos. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a managed, right. uh, an equilibrium like, the, it's yes, yes. That's a really good way of putting it, mm. I think. Mm. And, and it's, we're walking this fine line between, um, and, and, and the sad thing is that at the same time, people are suffering. That's what we need to remember. That's what they. That's what they forget. While they're managing this chaos with, you know, this this sort of economic circus, people suffer. There's people with Huntington's disease that have got nowhere to live. People with intellectual disabilities that have been raped in in in, in crisis accommodation, and they're and they're worried about giving tax breaks, um, uh, negative gearing breaks to to people with money. So. You know, that's where we're at. So at the next election, you know, don't vote. Um, get, we, should be, we should be coming out onto the street. I mean, these sort of discussions should be had not only, you know, once a week. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they happen all day here at 3CR. But we should be having these discussions in our lounge rooms, uh, in parks. Yeah, yes. You know, uh, and in our workplaces because, yeah, it's it's okay to think you know abstract um, uh, political theory is fine, but the reality is people suffer, and that's sometimes that can be forgotten, and it's really important that we remember those things because, yeah, um, it's not just a political theory. Uh, yeah, there's there's lives at stake. Okay, all right. Um, okay, let's listen to a song on yeah. a lighter note, and we'll come back, and we'll discuss some more stuff. If you share the growing concern about racism, fascism and the move to the extreme right, come along to our forum on a Bill of Rights for Australia on Sunday the 17th of March at the Unitarian Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne, commencing at 11am. Speakers include Professor Gillian Triggs, Professor Rob Watts, Julian Burnside QC and the Human Rights Law Centre. RSVP to admin at melbourneunitarian.org.au Our democratic rights are under threat. If you care, be there. The Melbourne Unitarian Peace Memorial Church is a 3CR supporter. Yeah, our democratic rights are under threat and they've been under threat for years and years. Um, Yeah, that'd be an interesting uh, forum to have a a bit of a... Gander at, don't you reckon? Yeah, I do, Spike. <laughs> I feel like such a yobbo when I have well, a gander. Well, we're both yobbos. <laughs> yeah. Hello yeah. to all the yobbos yeah, out there. Yeah, good on you. <laughs> keeping, it, keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, democratic <laughs> it's rights. It's a funny word, yobbo. It's such an Australianism, isn't it? Where does, do you know where it derives? No, I no. don't. 
I've been using it since I was. If like, you if you know what it means, ring up the station and uh, please tell let us. us know nine four one nine eight three double seven. Yeah. And actually, that reminds me, if you want to listen to this show, we're streaming live on 3cr.org.au. And if you want to listen to the show over the next week, you can listen to it on... Yeah, through the 3CR website. Through the 3CR website. And we have started podcasting our good shows. Okay. Our good shows. (laughs) Not this one. (laughs) (laughs) See how we go. You still got... 20 minutes okay. to go. Pull your socks up, mate. All right. I, that's a challenge. I'm up for a challenge. <gasps> so where are we going next? All right. A- Aboriginal housing demolished in Western Australia without notice. So it, following um, our, our losing our democratic rights, we have a, a story from um, the Pilbara. Shocking news has emerged from the remote Aboriginal community of Panimpajinya. I hope I said that right. Panimpajinya. Virginia, mm-hmm. in Western Australia's mining rich Pilbara region. This was uh, published by um, Welcome to Country on February 22. Yes. So quite recent. So, uh, an Aboriginal uh, media outlet uh, uh, called Ngada Media mm-hmm. has shown multiple houses in good conditions being torn down. So, they've got footage of properties in, gr- in good conditions that have been uh, knocked down by. Well, they, it says here in this article, but multiple uh, government departments. Now, I don't know if they're local government departments um, or state government departments, but the the tenants of those properties report that wanted some repairs, some leaking. Yeah, leaking water and faulty wiring. They've put in multiple requests over months. Um, and since that time, many have been camped outside their homes waiting for repair. I think they were boarded up. Um, that was done intentionally. The boarding up was yeah, done intentionally. Yeah, and now they're watching as they're um, being demolished. What the hell? I mean, I, you run out of words. Yeah, there are times yeah. when you just you simply just run out of words for uh, – um, I yeah, I, I – you know, these – obviously these – People are paying rent. It's their properties where they live. Who in the effing you know what gives these people to right to take their prop to destroy their properties? There must be. I mean, not that this justifies what's happening, but they must that those properties must be sitting on land that has some sort of minerals because um, when when white people see uh, when white people see dollar signs, you know. You, you, it, it's like you put a brick wall between the money and the white person and they go straight through it. And It's, they, it's on the outskirts of the resource-rich mining town of Newman. Yeah, it's just out of control. I mean, uh, you... you it, um, yeah, so I... We, we st- I, I, I struggle with this sort of stuff because I can just – can you imagine the terror on the face of those people when they see that the bulldozer coming in to destroy to destroy where they live, their home? It's genocide. Well, it is. It is. It is. And it is genocide. And, and you know, I was taught and, – and, and when you – because now that I work, I talk with members of uh, – The working the class. Work, well <laughs> – the people that I the work with, uh, the professional, well, yeah, sort of the citizens of the world, oh, the sort yeah. of straight, you know, the the, the workaday people, oh. and as far as they're concerned, capitalism 
is the best way that we can distribute goods and services and I don't see what the problem is and I don't know what people are jumping up and down about. Well, that's because you're white, you have a job, you have a car, you can pay your rent, you've never been discriminated against and and you're from the dominant group in the community. That's why everything's fine for you, mate. And their privilege has probably never been checked. No, or challenged. Challenged. And they won't recognise their own privilege. But that's even worse. Sometimes it's hard to... Oh, but Sometimes sorry. it's hard to um, recognise your own privilege. Like, yeah, it took yeah. me some years. Okay. For some of us, we're a bit whatever, and uh, it takes us some time to realise some things. Especially if you're not exposed to it much. I don't know. Yeah, but this is, is a that person a, that works at a homeless health service. Is that an easy way out yeah. for people? People's houses are being demolished and it's, and it's, and it's horrible. Um, so occasionally you do have to be able to have a bit of a, a laugh. Okay. So while people's houses are being demolished in Western Australia. In people, Berlin. Pe- in Western Australia. Oh, no. But I was just going to say okay. before you move on, um, right. yeah, just to tie into the uh, the article about the um, inner Melbourne public housing estates okay. which are being privatised, um, um, construction workers have come and smashed up bathrooms. Have you seen that? I haven't had a chance so to. So the majority of the residents have been moved out to who knows right. where. Um, um, and, yeah, some of the uh, uh, bathrooms and um, – Communal places, or not? No, not not communal places. Inside the individual flats, yeah. they've been smashed up uh, to. Uh, so to squatters prevent, can't take So they in, say yeah. prevent squatters from um, living there. Well, you know the store, and what what the, in in the in the articles they've used uh, photos of of immigrant families that <clears throat> that were living in these public housing estates now. If they've been forced to leave, I think they're still living there. Those are they? folks, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. the ones, the the people, the people that have been for have been forced to leave are going to be dislocated from communities that they've lived in for up to twenty years. Well, they have been. It's that, done. That's, now. I mean, that's this is how this is how we destroy lives. The ABC of destroying lives by the state Labor Party. You know, they, they should write a book. That they they should they, they would have encyclopedias of how to destroy lives. Um, authored by the ALP. This is how we destroy lives um, in Victoria. Both the major parties. Well, they're the ones in power. Let's blame them, mm. you know. Let's blame them. And you know what I thought was interesting? I, I, don't, I haven't had a chance to have a look at it all, but just this one line got me. In Northcote, 87 public dwellings will be replaced by 106 new units for the poor. Yeah, I know. I saw so, that language. you know what? You know what? You, they really don't get it, and That's so really when, when we talk, when we talked earlier about, um, imagine how on high that person feels like describing we, public housing tenants like that we, for the poor. It's, the so, poor, it's such poor. a paternalistic, and we just we just talked, and and you said that some people have trouble um, acknowledging their privilege. This is this is the age fulfilling that prophecy mm. for the poor. Really, public housing could is for everybody. It doesn't have to be. For the poor, for the homeless, for for people with disabilities or people people with illnesses, public housing houses people, houses our brothers and sisters, our um, you know, our friends. You got to wonder sometimes, like thinking about this, you got to wonder if these articles are being written by an algorithm. 
<laughs> you know, why computer programs? Yeah, like because the language is so um, disgusting and out of touch. Or from a uni student. Sorry to uni students yeah, out there, but you know what? I think that there's got to wonder sometimes. It's Clay Lucas, Kelly. Yeah, I know he's a esteemed. Um, you're a hack. Sorry, Clay, but you're a bit of a hack. Age writer. He's a hack. I mean, if that's a sort of if that's a sort of sentences. You know, public housing for the poor. There is much, not much thought gone into that at all. 143 apartments will be built for private buyers. 160, 106 units for the poor and 143 apartments will be for built the rich. for the So that's right. <laughs> it doesn't say the that's rich. That's what it should have said. <laughs> I know. So if it was algorithm. property owners. Yeah. Ooh la la, rather than the rich. <laughs> Give me a break. Well, that's really sad. And, yeah. And, and the age, well, it's owned by Channel 9, so it used to be the old flagship of, of first-class journalism. It's gone down the tubes really quickly, hasn't it? Yeah. I think Clay Lucas wrote a couple of articles on the Bendigo Street uh, saga. Did he? Didn't he? Yeah, Clay he wrote Lucas. a few, yeah. yeah. Wonder, wonder if they were any good. Can you remember? Yeah, maybe we can talk about them another time. Another time, time. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, something to get our hopes up a little. I think yeah, this Berlin story. Um, They're not standing for no, exorbitant no, rents, no. mate. So Berlin set, looks set to hold a referendum on banning big landlords and expropriating their homes into social housing. So taking back the properties owned by landlords and putting them to good use. How bloody inspirational is that? Yeah, That's what we need to hear more of. An estimated 200,000 homes. Yep, they're taking them back. Would become effectively the equivalent of uh, German council housing. So it would be it would be like public housing here. They're, they're going to take back those properties from private owners and put them to public use. And it's Kreuzberg. It's near where we stayed. Yeah, yeah. it's a progressive suburb of was, um, Berlin. Is it just is it just that suburb? Is it? Well, that's according to the article. Yeah, there's a lot of activism. Well, in that area. Yeah, well, Last year they fought off uh, Google from establishing a um, a facility or office there. But they, they get they, them out. They are paying. They are going to pay for the properties though. They're going to they're going to compensate the owners, but they'll be they'll pay less than market value. So okay, they they're, they're not stealing them. It's not like a Robin Hood thing. They are. They will be the the owners will be given some some money for these properties. There won't be market values, but they will be. So what the what they're able to do because um, because of their federal system over there, if you get twenty thousand signatures, you're able to, you're able to apply for a referendum, and mm. if that referendum's successful, it becomes law. So that that would be imagine. So yeah. the way the way they're destroying public housing yeah. in Melbourne, if we could get twenty thousand right. signatures and push for a referenda in Melbourne. To stop the destruction of public housing, we could do that. Yep, that's right. And we we think we're the beacon of democracy here. Do we? <laughs> well, I think I, I'm not saying we are, but any any per, per, perusal of the mainstream media would have would have you believe that Australia is this you know uh, democratic wonderland hmm. when actually it's a backwater. It's a back. And if, you know, this is this is amazing. It is. Go Berliners. It's really inspirational. And as you say, it shows how things can be different. It, for sure. Maybe can maybe it ties into that Bill of Rights event <laughs> well, that's coming up. It's a, it's a double-edged sword, the whole Bill of Rights thing, isn't it? 
as far as this is only and and I don't want to be a downer I just think that if you have to have a bill of rights that defines what your rights are Mm. maybe we do have to have that well it just suggests that we're unclear about people's rights or they they need to be enmeshed in so they have to so they have to be spelt out and policed uh, that that's my problem is that is Policed that, or protected or upheld Upheld, I like, I like mm. upheld as a word, mm. as a concept But I, I just think that if every single right needs to be uh, legislated and encoded in law And we know that not laws don't work um, It's problematic I know, but it's look at the state of affairs now You know, that we don't have, um, you know, our constitution is all about the relationship between state and federal governments That's is right. nothing about uh, people's uh, rights. But we and and look what's happening. You know, neoliberal uh, economic ideology has taken over politics. If we don't have these things in in law, right? Then look at the state of affairs that we have. Don't you think it'll go some way into what um, what um, impede, like impeding or, neo, do you think do you think do you think a bill of rights would impede, I, I mean look know. at the united states they have I'm a bill of rights it's worth a shot isn't it i don't know i'm well, interested to go to the event i look to I, hear the discussion. I think i think that um <laughs> i've said that a few times i think that um you know what, what you mentioned the the constitution it's a dead document our constitution is a dead document um it's it's a bureaucratic document and it's an administrative document that's all it is and so um, our, our rights um, is something that we've we've started talking about. Maybe okay. Uh, well, I suppose it's been happening for a couple of hundred years because we have we have suffragettes that have been fighting for rights, and you know the anti-slavery. Look, it's been okay. It has been happening for a while. I just I find the whole idea of having to have everything legislated problematic. You can't just leave it to good no. old human nature, though. Okay, okay. Or maybe it's a cultural thing too. Look, I, I'm not an I, expert I, I, on this. No, things. neither am I. But I, I think I suppose what you're saying rings true because what we've just talked about today is that we don't protect, we don't look after people. If if the rights of people with um, a, a terminal disease were encoded somewhere, do you think they they'd be looked after better than what they they looked after now? They'd have to be if it was in law, wouldn't they? Okay. I don't know. Be good to get a peek into somewhere it's, like it's the an, United It's an interesting States discussion to see how it works. Over well, there. homeless people, you know, their well, human true. rights, their human rights are, dis, uh, are disregarded oh, on a daily basis. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm. By... You know. Look, this is an interesting discussion, and I think um, the I'm forum. I'm out of my depth, though. I think I don't really know so enough I. about it. <laughs> but I, I think I think it's I think it's I think it's a really good topic. Mm. You know. It's, I think it's a good thing for people to talk about and to be aware of. Yeah, like the right in, to housing. Imagine if there was a right to housing. That would be amazing. Well, we do have a right to United housing. United Nations. Yeah. That's not, if it's not ratified here, it no, doesn't it come isn't ratified f- here. force. But that doesn't mean that it's not, it's still, it isn't a right. Just because it isn't um, spelled out somewhere, it doesn't – well, that's – okay – all right, guys, <laughs> we're having an academic discussion. We're going to draw a line under draw, that yeah, yeah, yeah. and move on. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a few minutes to go okay. before Bill's coming on with Living Free. Okay. Um, what are we going to finish off with, Spike? What do we want to finish off with? What do, look, I want to finish off that. I, what I'd like to just quickly talk about is 
that I'm involved in a um, in the, over the next year I'll be involved in a project. So people who are sleeping, who have slept rough or are sleeping rough in the CBD, a colleague and I will be um, uh, uh, surveying. It's a co-design project. So we've been funded to develop a resource or a strategy to address the health and legal impacts of sleeping rough in the CBD. So if, if, anyone, if anyone out there that's listening has been a rough sleeper in the CBD in the past... Or is a or is a rough sleeper in the CBD now? We'll be paying thirty bucks an hour for anyone that's happy to fill in a survey. That information, they're anonymous surveys. That information will be kept um, on uh, on a server, on a secure server, and and that information will be used to develop a resource or a strategy that will assist rough sleepers manage the health and legal impacts of sleeping on the street. So any, if anyone's out there, look, and this is like, um, this is something that's never been done before. Rough sleepers uh, um, have been studied. Um, th- there's a lot of data collected on them and on, the, on their, on their uh, behavior, how many times they use a service, um, the, their lack of success in, in getting support. What we what we will be what we will be doing. I've got to stop stuttering. Is completing a hundred surveys and then <coughs> uh, conducting um, ten working uh, groups over six months. It's a co-design process. So the people who who have been rough sleepers or are rough sleepers will be involved in developing this resource. It won't it won't be us, the researchers. We're just facilitating the process. So this is sort of, you know, in, in, in terms of academia, not, no, sorry, not academia, but in, in community sort of action, mm-hmm. it's one way of getting people who are, who are having, having a lived experience involved in developing um, strategies that, 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 will, that will assist them in their lives. Mm. How can people find out okay, about Okay, so it? They, can either, they could find out by getting in touch with uh, Spike um, at CoHealth. That'll be you? Yep, that's me, Nine double four eight double five three six. So where's CoHealth located? CoHealth is uh, located 53 Victoria Street. So that's near the Vic Market, That's across right? the road from Vic Market behind mm. the Multicultural Hub. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm there from uh, Monday, Tuesday, and I'll turn it Thursdays and Fridays Most and Wednesdays. Most days of the Most week. Most days yeah, of the week. Yeah. But if you if you if you want to give us a buzz nine double four eight double five three six if you're interested in participating in this project, look um, as I said before it's co-design which means I won't be designing the response it'll be the people who have who have had the lived experience who will be developing um, the response and or, or a response or a strategy to help people who are currently sleeping rough manage their health and legal impacts of sleeping on the street. Good I so should we Thanks just do a, should we do a little uh, bit of a not summary just what have we talked about today <laughs> Okay Look what well, unfortunately it, it's it's quite sad that um what we've had a look at today is that um there there is a lack of accommodation for people who have serious um intellectual disabilities and chronic uh, terminal disease Mhm Whilst our, uh, whilst our inner public housing estates are being demolished, demolished and yeah. privatised, yeah. um, where the Federal Labor Party ha- is going to put a levy on banks if they get elected to, fu- to create a fairness fund 
for family violence uh, survivors, which, which does really not shonky. include any provision for housing. for housing. And neither does the NDIS. In, in, mm. in relation to people with disabilities and intellectual disabilities and mental health problems, um, the NDIS does not provide money for housing. And that's a big bloody gap in, in its service. And we saw in Western Australia... The demolition... And then we uh, went of, over to of people's property, of people's right. houses, stolen land, um, sovereign land, and then we finished up in Berlin, where things are looking a bit different. Where people have taken well, their constitution, their political system allows for that sort of action. Mm. Whereas, I mean, we, I mean, we could do something similar, but we won't get legal recognition for it. They'll just wait us out, just like the Bendigo Street, unfortunately. But yeah. Thanks for your company the Thank past you guys. hour. And coming up next is uh, Living Free with more uh, peer stories with Bill. Yeah. Okay, and guys. I'll see you in a couple in a month. Yeah. Hope you feel better soon, Spike. Yeah, oh, so do I. Yeah. Take care of each other, people, and we'll see you in a month's time. See ya. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.